What's good? What's good? And what's good? Yes, you. It is time for It's Related. <laughs> I promise. Oh, my goodness. We're back with another beautiful episode and a beautiful day. The sun is out. Yes. I could describe to you all the beautiful flowers that and plants that I'm seeing, but I don't need no any name. I'm just seeing green. Yes. <laughs> we're seated at Sharon's Gazebo, and I'm seated with three of my favorite people to podcast with. If you're wondering what my beautiful name is, don't worry. It's coming last. What's your name? So this is Sharon. Okay. And on my left is Jules, a.k.a. JJ, Julia. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Marito, Charles, Jenga, as Jules calls me. He's hey. back. And also another a.k.a. for you is Mtuakutu Jenga. Wow. You're hey. jengaing us wow. Wow. great ideas. Yeah. And of course, Kwambokes, Patricia, Sheila, and we are here for yet another beautiful episode. Ladies, gent, have you been... We've, We've been, been good, good, babes. We've been very, very, very good. Doing great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I don't know. Loving I, the weekend. We're actually. placing a wager over here. It's 50 bob. Okay. I can't remember the last time I saw cash. Like, I feel like yeah, someone... Yeah, there's, there's a note sheet on me. the table. A cash. I think a this is from Morito's pocket. By the way, Morito, welcome back to the episode. Yeah, Thank you so Coming to the podcast. But Morito stood up and I saw money. I said, he's making it rain. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, good looking in the face and in, in the, the wallet. <laughs> yes. I have 50 bob. Not to throw, not to throw you under the bus. It's 50 bob. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Eh? Actually, I'll keep it. No, 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 no. <laughs> She's not even, it's, not, it's, not even half a, it's not even half a dollar now. It's like a quarter or something oh, like God. that. Yeah. Um, but, but let me ask ladies, uh, before we get into what you remember, um, do you carry cash or are you cashless? I'm so cashless. Like, I'm very much an Mpesa babe. Mm-hmm. Like, I Mpesa everywhere. Mm. Even, like, using my my banking app. So, I bank with INM, but, like, I just use Mpesa on everything. Okay. Yeah, I don't have cash. And you? Jules? Yeah. We f- she, uh, same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, yeah, I, I was trying to say three things at once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cash for me is cash and card. I'm mm. sorry, sorry. Um, Mpesa and card, not mm. cash. Oh, you pay with your card? Yeah, uh, I swipe. Okay. I, some, cause sometimes I don't want to do the transfer from my bank mm. to my Mpesa. There's usually a charge. Yeah. Um, I bank with KCB. During the pandemic, they removed the transfer charges. Mm. But uh. now because life is back to normal with very big quotes. Anyway, I, sometimes I just want to swipe so that yeah. it goes directly to my bank. I rarely have cash, but I'm always... Sometimes I get to a point I'm like, I need... I just need like a 200 <laughs> yeah. bob. Yeah, I haven't had to cash. To for parking. I was or... even telling Sheila, I can't remember mentally when I... I haven't been in an ATM maybe for the past two years. Yeah. What is that? Sharon, do you know what an ATM is? It's I know what... Okay. You guys, it's okay. It's okay. I know what an ATM is. You don't know what TLC is, so... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Initials are not her thing. <laughs> you know, she, she will never let that talk. I found out about TLC when one of them died. Like, that's how wild it is. Okay. I don't know why we're bringing TLC up in this story again. You're so disrespectful. <laughs> Cash. Me, first of all, I like cash. Mm-hmm. However, I tend to live a lot on uh, M-Pesa. I feel like this is a commercial for like... Honestly, like you guys just bank KCB. Yeah, imagine. How did you guys pick your banks though? You know, I was, I was talking about it with my sister and we're like, yeah. we just inherited... You know, my first bank was Equity Bank. Could you, and I just inherited... Not, could okay. we not mention this? Because I feel like we're just doing like... Are we planning them in? But it's okay. It it's okay to mention. Like, mm. you know, we can't not mention if it's... Equity. I mean, I'm sure we can. Equity. But like, I inherited that from my dad. He's like, me, I bank at equity. So you, you will bank at equity. And yeah. that's how I picked a bank. Then yeah. later when I got older, I realized, oh, actually, there's so many things you need to think of yeah. when you're picking a bank. Yeah. And then I ended up with I&M. So maybe, maybe I should say, mm-hmm. I, I bank with APSA. 
I'm definitely not a cash person like completely I, I recently traveled to a country and I thought um, mobile banking was a thing and I remember I was like someone had to bring me an envelope with cash um, literally oh, like I was yeah, in yeah, London see. and like, <laughs> and I had like you know everything everything then I realized and he and I remember he distinctly asked me like did you remember to carry cash? Yeah, you, like, you didn't buy pounds or never or dollars. Like, I'm just that babe, you know. Like I have my card, da da da. But this time, I remember I I traveled with an American Express card, and and then I I had no cash, right? Damn. No cash. And you're going abroad. Yeah. So it's those ones have arrived. I'm just like snap shit. So someone had to bring me an envelope with cash so that I could just and then and then and then. So the thing about cash is like I I'm not good at following up on the paper. So like I I could go to the bank and withdraw like. 10,000. Yeah. And before the end of the day, I'll be like, you, have you seen my 5,000? Like, I'll lose it. Oh Cash. So I'm so grateful for, like, I'm, uh, yeah, you can judge me, but there's a quality, uh, there's a personality type where we lose stuff. Like, I could, <laughs> I could, I could be sitting like this looking at you and I'm like, where did you guys go? And yeah, I've lost right you. in front of yeah. you. So, yeah. So I don't do cash. Anywho, I wanted to get into it. That was five minutes and I promise it was related. Um, <laughs> actually, it, it kind of was. It was, yeah. Very much. Uh, Ooh, maybe you actually, could, it, it was. was. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you could let us know um, which, whether you are cash-based or... Cashless. 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 And, there's a, and we're going to talk about the importance of either or whatever. Yeah. Um, hit us up on the hashtag. I mean, on the... Oh, on our DMs, yes. <laughs> you know, she's just pointing at me with her, yeah. her long Godzilla Because she's not listening to me. <laughs> hit us up on our Instagram. our Instagram. First and foremost, Godzilla did not have... Godzilla had like... Small hands. So, it's definitely like Godzilla hands. Anywho. So, before we talk our about... topic for today is yeah. all about, you know, how to survive broke... No, yeah, brokenness, yeah. How to survive brokenness. And, you know, we're going to share our different stories, our unique stories. I'm guessing uh, we've all been broke? Yeah, of course. Jules, have you been broke? Oh, hell yeah. Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> He's the one who put the 50 bob on the table I just know, to make sure that he, we know Let he has money. Because <laughs> that's all I have. Comebox, have you I'm been hoping broke? that you'll raise this. Bro, you know. Don't worry. Like, I have 20 bob. You see to, it? You raise. I have 20 bob. Uh, but have you been broke? Sana, sana. Okay. Sana. I've been broke as well. Yeah. I, 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 I literally feel like I could read a book about um, being broke. Brokenness numa. But before we get into that, I want to start with Jules. What's the thing that you've seen and just like whoa this week <laughs> or maybe i should say this week on ir I <laughs> yeah oh sorry it, I, it slipped it slipped my mind it's come back yeah. um this is it's a personal one it's not i don't it's know okay, most of mine are personal but um this past week i've been feeling uh, like i want to pray more oh. nothing bad is happening yeah. but i'm just feeling like i want to connect to god so as, as my, i was talking to my mom she called me earlier she's like hey you have not called me for three days I almost came to your house. How are you? I'm like, mom, I'm good. How are you? Good. So we talk, talk, talk. She's like, yeah, I've just come from church. And then she says, yeah, and I'm also going to church on Sunday. And I was like, you know what, mom? Maybe I'll come. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've just been feeling, I've been feeling like I want to pray more and connect with God more and the God of Abraham, not the other ones. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's just how I've been feeling. That's just how I've been feeling. 
I, I, even today, I wanted this. My favorite gospel song is this one by Kirk Franklin called Don't Steal My Joy Away. You guys, go listen to that song. Mm. Yeah. If it doesn't give you shivers, I don't really think we should be friends. Like, it's called Don't Steal My Joy Away, Kirk Franklin with the, with the choir. Of, it's an, oh, like, it looks like an 1993 kind of video, even the, the quality, but the vocals on that, you know how he, he just does the no, 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 no. And then all the choir sings. It's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Shout out to you. Are you going to go to church? I, I hope. I I t- so, you know, the yeah. thing is, Sunday is my rest day from the world. Yeah, but yeah. it's also the rest day in church. I know, but you have to wake up and like if you're going to work. And I don't Sunday know. Best. And Sunday best. And then after that, you, by the time you get home, the day is over and you haven't rested. Yeah, happy. Go to a 90-minute uh, service, including transportation. You wow. know, church, Morito, it does not end when the church ends. There's this, Kusalmiya yeah. Watuapo. And then my mom, all, all the aunties. Then after that, let's go eat. Go to one where you know no one. Yeah. I want I'll to go with my mom. That's the ah. thing. Okay. But I think what I'll do, because I told her, let's do, oh, actually, we can rest on Monday because Monday mm. is a holiday. But I want us to go to my church, not hers, because mm. hers are boring. <laughs> Oh. Period. Yeah. Um, Dorito. Yeah, I think Dorito. Morito. Sorry, my bad. Hey. Morito. Combox. <laughs> Tell us about Dorito. Sounds like he. Me, I'm um, Nigerian. Hmm? All African Kenyan names sound the same. <laughs> so no, but Peril though. Um, what's been your thing that stood out this week? Actually, the economy, and I think this is a fantastic episode to discuss, right? Mm. And thinking about um, hey, specifically, you put, you put your voice for mm. for money, ah, hey. money. <laughs> the uh, the US dollar and what's going to happen with the US dollar? There's all of these crazy conversations about is it the end of the US dollar as we mm. know it? Mm. And I think uh, in Kenya, one of the biggest announcements, uh, obviously, there's been a massive, massive dis- depreciation of the Kenya shilling. Mm-hmm against most foreign um, currencies. But then Kenya did the deal to buy oil on credit, but in shillings, mm. which is a big deal. Huge. And so, and then uh, you, you saw there's the um, the um, Saudis and Iran mm-hmm. sort of oh, yeah. Um, yeah. actually now have a truce and are at peace. Mm. And then they're looking to join BRICS. BRICS. Yeah. yeah. And they're talking about buying oil in the Chinese yuan. Yeah. So it's really, I think it's going to be a really interesting time. It's right. going to be very, from they, an economic perspective. Because now yeah. they can't, Americans can't back, they no longer back the dollar on, the, on gold. That's what I remember reading a few years ago. They used to back it on oil, but they don't have oil. Yes. But, but the, I think the bigger issue is that the US dollar has been the currency. Yeah. Of purchase oil. Mm-hmm. oil. Yeah. Right. You can't use so any that other. delivers a certain level of stability and strength for the US dollar. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to affect us? I feel like the parents are fighting. You know, they say Fahili wa wili wa kipigana ni nyasi ndio So me, I'm like, how will it affect us it, it <laughs> in Kenya? Will affect yeah. It, right? But I think for me, it's just I, I don't know how it's gonna be, mm. yeah, how it's gonna end. But I think it's just something interesting to look out. Do you but think? Sorry, do you think that's why Ruto was saying what he said? He was just he about, said, about it. He said, he said, those of you people who are have who have dollars, dollars, things will not be the same in the next few weeks. So we're like, what does that mean? <laughs> he was just laying the bricks on the foundation. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> she's good. She's so good. Uh, I think um, about 40% of Kenya's import or expenditure of USD is actually oil imports, right? So if you're able to actually change that, then the demand on the US dollar massively decreases. So that's actually the whole rationale. But we don't know. We'll see how it um, turns out. out. Anyway, so for us, we're still trading in Kenya shillings and... (sighs) 
just over here asking Sharon. Yes. Sufferings. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, like uh, the, the other day I asked my listener, like, you guys, what do you think? You see, even this Mandamano, even the Kenya shilling has dropped. I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes they pass. Sina Mauni. Sina Mauni. Sharon, what is stood out for you this week? Um, This week, gosh, I imagine I can't think of it. Okay, what's top of mind is I'm turning 30 in a few days. Pim, 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 pim. Which is crazy, oh, yeah. the yellow one. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm turning 30 and I don't I don't know why I never thought I'd be affected. Not affected, but like, what is you people talk about oh, turning 30? I don't know what, what shifts, what changes, mm. all, all those things. And I was like, what are you guys on about? To me, I don't get it. Hey, this week I've started getting it. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of anxiety. Yeah, there's an anxiety of about life. And of course, there's other things going on in my life that are getting me to be very reflective. Some of it has been very destabilizing. We'll catch up on all of that in another time. But yeah, I think this milestone, I, I didn't think this is where I would be at 30. Mm. I had a very different picture. I had a different, I don't know. I just, I, I just had a different plan. But I, there's that saying, when you make a plan, God laughs. And hey, God right now is bawling. Lolling. <laughs> L-M-A-O. <laughs> um, and I'm just saying, ooh, I wish I had a heads up. But um, yeah, so I think it's just been very top of mind. And I'm, I'm in the process of planning my 30th birthday. But you guys, you better come. Um, I'm being invited, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Charles, of course, Charles. <laughs> Let the record show you're invited. Um, but yeah, even as I was, I was planning, I was like... I don't I don't even know what I'm celebrating. Like I don't feel celebratory. I don't feel I, I, like I'm I'm content but I I'm not happy. So so yeah, it's it's just it's been a oh man, sorry. Oh babes, we got you. Yeah, sorry. Let me get you some tissue. Um we got you. Yeah, um yeah, sorry. Oh, thank you guys. I'm turning 30 and there's been a lot that I'm processing and digesting. So I am, I'm now feeling that thing that people talk about where you feel nervous and you feel anxious, even if before I I couldn't understand why anybody felt that way, but I do, I get it. So yeah, that's what's been sort of top of mind. Um, I mean, Sharon, you remind me, um, actually, I'd say you are, yours has come a bit late. Mine, when I was turning 30, Jesus Christ, 27. <laughs> Hi, that year was a weird year for me. Um, but it's interesting because I'm 37 now, just about to turn 38 um, next month. And I'm, I'm in a similar space as you are. Mm. It, and, and, I, and I say this, that in every tens that you are, there's a sort of graduation that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just going to have to face, your, you know, like, oh my God, you know, it's like saying goodbye to those tens and mm. their milestones that you've thought about. Um, for me, I'm finding it a bit difficult because, you know, it's just like... <laughs> 40. I have a question though. Even Morito, I have a question, Morito, Sheila, mm-hmm. and also to myself. Mm. When you were turning 30, were you where you thought you would be? Mm. No. Uh, Do you remember? I think for me, my 21st was probably a bigger milestone for me, right? Because I had a lot, and actually it's related to this episode, I had a lot that was going on in my life, right? I was flat broke, barely didn't know what was going to happen. But then after that, I actually realized that you have no control about what's going to happen in your life, 
right? So I'm about to turn 50. I like how you can tell it. Yeah, I'll be 50 in like two and a half years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. I would so never my, have known. So my thing is, I right? thought you were like 40... One, one, one and three. <laughs> one, I'm that uh, childish, eh? Hey. <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. Let's say youthful. Youthful. Childish. Amazing. Youthful. Youthful. Yeah. No, so, so I think that the one thing I've learned, and if I'm going to drop this piece of wisdom only, is like life gets better if you accept it. Mm. If you accept that one, you have very little control about what happens. Mm. Very little. Life is 80% luck. Yeah. You can think you're where you are and have the arrogance of thinking mm. that you work so hard and this is why you're so talented and mm. you're going to get to a certain place. And life will humble you over time and you'll start realizing that, honestly, it's It's not God. all on you. It's yeah, God. It's God, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And so... Uh, was I where I thought I would be when I was turning 30 or 40? Uh, when I turned 30, I had a crazy idea that I'm going to quit work in the U.S., move to London, had no job, knew one person in the U.K., and that's what I did. So I think for me, the crazy thing about my milestones is that I actually go almost like to the extreme and do something that... I have always wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? When I turned 40, similarly, um, I had just quit my work in the UK, moved to Kenya, and I was like, I'm going to start a new life here because this is where I want to be in the long run, right? At 50, maybe I'll quit my work again and mm. do something else, something right? Else, yeah. So I think it's really just accepting that. Um, also, I think the, the, the element of accepting failure. Is mm-hmm. such a powerful thing yeah. Yeah. because when you accept failure, you realize that you can always start over, mm. right? Because sometimes we hold on to things which are actually not good for you or actually hold you down from what you could actually achieve at the next. That's so true. On the flip side, so right? True. And I can guarantee you every single milestone of something that I thought was something that's going to be tough. Once I flip over to the next stage, mm. it's always better for me. Hundred hmm. percent. Yeah. I'm not saying it's less painful, mm-hmm. but it always is better for me. Yeah. Wow. I remember I gave him an analogy of um, going the wrong direction. You know, going on a journey and you get to a dead end, mm. and you could sit there and argue about the dead end for like, oh my god. <laughs> But it's, you're just wasting time and you could spend that energy after you've accepted going back and finding the right way and starting the journey all over again, you know, and, and discovering what could be there. And for me, I think that's like when it comes to the tens, I'm always aware and I, I've noticed that around 27 or the sevens, once you start getting to the seventh of that tens, yeah. you start to have a little bit of a, you start to yeah, realize that yeah. I'm closer to the next tens mm. than, and then now saying goodbye. So you're mourning yeah. your twenties, you're mourning the person that you've been, you're mourning, oh my God, I thought I was going to be, you know, it's because your position, like by the time you reach 20, 30, mm. you'll be like this. By the time you're 20, you should be thinking like this. Your brain should be working like this at 40, 50. Psh, you realize that you're the one who decides. Yep. Um, and, and the truth is you do change physiologically. Like yeah, physiologically, psychologically, the things that used to really matter to you, I think, which was the greatest thing that happened when I got to my 30s, mm. the pressure of, you know, fitting in and kind of things like the, 
I, I already I didn't have the pressure, but like now it completely waned. Mm. Like I, I started my thirties being more isolated. I started now dropping people. Like it was bad. Yeah. In fact, it reached a place where it was super dangerous because I wasn't really hanging out with anyone. Um, cause that's now the dangerous parts now just to find, find the right people. So, I mean, it's exciting, but at the same time it's scary. So you are warranted to segue us into something fun. As well. Trust me to segue, segue us before we start the, the serious conversation about being broke. And I can tell that there's, um, a lot of experience <laughs> on this table. There's like collectively, there's like eons of brokenness (laughs) involved. Um, So we're going to talk about that. But I wanted us to segue. There's something that caught my attention and it's about trust, how we have public trust. I always think fringe. Um, Fringe. Fringe, yeah. Like for me, I'm always thinking about the stuff that chances are a lot of people are not thinking about. But I've noticed as a society, just anywhere you are in the world, people trust. Like as long as you have a certificate, ah, you can walk into my clinic. It's nice. It's cute. I'll put a certificate here. You you won't even proofread it. Like, did you really go to this university? You know, Mm. and you'll sit in there and it'll be a gynecologist. You've just met them and they'll be like, ah, this is where the problem is at, right? Um, Same thing with doctors. Same thing with anybody. But there's those ones, I mean, what can I do about that? But like drinking water the, mm-hmm. the water that comes through your taps do you know the journey that water pitiers why am i asking this one thing that i thought about a really long time ago actually happened somewhere in europe in america and this guy was arrested for susuing in the water like <laughs> after it has been treated he went and susued in it right like can you can you imagine like when you open yourself to brush your teeth when do you ever think about where this water is coming from <laughs> You never, even the, ta- the tank that's seated up there, I'll give you an example. Where I live, they're old apartments. They're, they've been there since like the 70s, right? So they've never changed the, the water tanks. They've never changed the water tanks, right? So, so they, they, they announced, you know, guys, we're going to have a shortage of water for a bit because we're going to change the water tanks. I was kind of like, bitch, we don't care, man. We are on like Nairobi water. So then we went to see the water tanks. Yeah, you're supposed to wash them. <laughs> My Sheila. goodness, they were not black. They were not those black ones. They were those old ones. This thing was in 1970. They had rusted. <laughs> like, I can't believe I'm alive. I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's the point I said. It's God. Yeah. You are alive. <laughs> but by the grace of God. But like, now do you, do you see, like, by the time the water removes the chaps from the Grand Rain, you think it's that it's pitying through somebody. Queen pipes just doing. <laughs> <laughs> No, my guess is a rat that has died in there. The process, why it has passed? A rat that was on the highway after the chlorine. <laughs> yeah. So what am I trying to say? I don't know, but like public trust sometimes can be like yeah. So we trust we, we trust too blindingly. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you walk into a butchery and you're just like ah, nikatia your uh, steak. You don't like, just because it's the shape of a Donkey. goat. It could be a dog. <laughs> you know, you don't know the difference. Yeah, as long as it's roasted. Like we have public trust is something that a lot of people con con men and people who do weird stuff in society they bank on public trust. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. However, I think for me, it's that element of um, what can you control? Eh? No, yeah. Because, I mean, you can spend eons thinking about that dirty water. Yeah. I mean. Hey, do you know how kids in Nairobi, their teeth are turning brown? Yeah. Floor, 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 right. floor. But their parents yeah. want to think about it because yeah. we have constant supply of water. It's like borehole. Your kids could have made as well been born in Nakuru. No offense, Nakuru. Oh, we love you. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now that we have finished that uh, and we segued nicely, um, I want to talk about being broke. And, and I think this is a subject that everybody, or if, they've, if you've not been through it at some point, it's part of life. 
like, yeah, it's part of life. And uh, people experience it differently. And um, at the end of the day, it's how you get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with Charles. Yes. Being broke. Yes. What was your experience? Oh, best thing ever. What? Really? really? Well, not obviously, in, hind- in not retrospect. In, not in hindsight, yeah. No, in hindsight, in it's hind- the best in, thing. In, in hindsight, not in real time. Course, not in re- yeah. But even in real time, I think it tests you. You were just there like, oh, I'm broke. Yeah, yeah. Take us back to that moment. Like, what was... So I've been broke many, many times in my life, right? Tell us the broke And I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the one where it was now me, mm-hmm. because um, I think at various times, and I think that when I look at Kenyan society, I think that when I reflect, I think in the '90s, Sharon, when uh, you were born, <laughs> TLC, <laughs> there's something called Golden Bag. I think it forever changed how Kenya is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think the economy crashed. Um, many people who were middle class and had something mm. actually lost everything and many of them never recovered. Okay. And I think mm-hmm. when you read or someone ever writes Kenyan history of the economy and people and how society has sort of broken down to a certain extent, especially when you look at corruption, mm. right? I love history. Yeah. I think it, it, it really changed at that point whereby people became very selfish and it's not because of selfish of, it, it was a survival tactic, mm. right? But predating that, I think, you know, growing up with my folks, there are times we had some money and there are times when we had no money. There are times when I would go to school and, you know, school fees would be delayed for three weeks, one month, and I had to like negotiate with the school bazaar to actually stay in school, right? Mm. But that wasn't the big deal. The points that I think really shaped my outlook with how I see money Mm. primarily was I was in the US. It was my second year of university. I just finished going to my third year. And um, my mom calls and says, can you ask the school to delay payment for about a term or two as I try and sell off some land so that I can pay my next school fees, right? Mm. And at that point, she literally had no money. The Kenyan economy crashed and we couldn't. And even so I said to her, how are you going to sell? And even if you sell, it's only going to last maybe one term and then what next? So I was like, you know what, I'll come back to Kenya. Long story short, by God's grace, the school president refused to sign me off for an extended leave of absence. He gave me a $10,000 grant that he actually created. Wow. Then um, also gave me an interest-free loan for the rest of my school career to be paid once I got my degree or graduated. Wow. Why? Like, like, he, he, that's how I finished school, right? Mm. So when people look at me and they're like, I'm like, guys, me, I've been broke. But the best, best thing I can reflect on this is um, what we call the summer of Popeye's. You guys know Popeye's chicken? Yeah. There's Popeye's chicken in London. Mm-hmm. So Popeye's chicken in the US at the time, they had this summer where they buy for 99 cents, you could get two pieces of chicken and a biscuit and that's for three months. That's what we survived on, me and my flatmate, plus um, top ramen noodle. So for 12 uh, top ramen noodle thingies, you'd pay 99 cents. Mm. So you can calculate how much mm-hmm. it cost each. Um, and then Pepsi, God bless Pepsi products. <laughs> that summer, they had um, two liter bottle of Pepsi for 79 cents. I remember this vividly, mm-hmm. right? And water, uh, you're trusting 
to stop water. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you drank some. I I drank some. Uh, yeah. Tetanus. Tetanus. But <laughs> hey, look, I'm here. I'm stronger for it. Yeah. But I think that shaped me because what was amazing about that whole period is that it taught me that, uh, and it's something that had been indoctrinated in me for a while, but really now this I had to live because I had no money, is that your self-worth is not predicated on how much money you have mm-hmm. or how much money you don't have, mm. right? And that consistently, I remember when I met Sharon, we were having this conversation, like one of the early days we just met, and I was like, everything passes, yeah. Like, don't get too comfortable. Mm. You have money today, mm-hmm. tomorrow it will be gone. Yeah. Mm, you've right? always said that. Right? Mm. You have money today, tomorrow it will be gone. You're broke, broke, broke today, mm. tomorrow you'll have money. Yeah. Right? So I think that's how my life has always been. But like when I was 21, and that's why I was saying earlier, like my 21st birthday was probably more of a milestone because that's when I almost dropped out of school. And I had no money. I didn't know how I was going to finish school. And I was just like, you know what? God's will be done. Right? And so that's my Brooke story. What? Can, can I ask how, what made your, the president of the school take care of you? Like, uh, God. I'll mm. tell you. So I, I, I used to work in every, literally I worked in every single department in that school. And by God's grace, I used to be the watchie. Really? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to be, when you drive into the school, and shout out to my boy, Des, who used to be in the same school. So how I met him, I met a couple of good people, actually, from that um, security booth. Basically, when he was driving in, the previous summer, he was coming in for an interview because the previous president was retiring. Mm-hmm. And so he pulls up, so I take notes, and then um, he says, can you show me where the boardroom and the president's office is? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you have to go this way. Da, da, da. And um, I say, you seem to be from out of town. Like, um, what brings you here? He's like, I'm interviewing for the president's role. So I said to him, oh, wow, cool. Um, I actually think I saw Richard King, who actually was my mentor, um, but was also the board of my um, university, the board of trustees. And I said, I actually saw him driving earlier. So I think he's waiting for you up there. And so he goes and I tell him, oh, good luck. Comes out, I said to him, so how did it go? He's like, I think it went well. I said, you know what? I hope I see you in the fall. That's it. Mm. In the fall, he pulls up. He's the new president. Wow. And then every day I used to say hi to him. Literally, like I said, if I never worked in that phone, that security booth, mm. wow. I never would have met this guy. He never would have gotten um, to know me never given me that scholarship, I wouldn't wow. be where I am today. Oh my gosh. Right? So wow. like in every single thing, mm. like appreciate it. Mm. And yeah, be, yeah. be the best version of yourself. Exactly. Be authentic. Mm. Yeah. You know, I always make this comment wow. and tell ladies, when you're driving in traffic, I know you're afraid of everybody on the streets. They look dirty and they're just about to rob you of your car. But smile at people. Even that random person who's telling you, Sasa sister, why? Your car could stall. Yeah, yeah. In traffic. Mm. Who is going to come and push it? Who is going to run to look for fuel? Blah blah blah. Those same guys that you weren't saying hi to. So it it pays to be be friendly. human. Yeah. In fact, there's um, there's a Kikuyu saying, um, and also in Ma, that you never pass anyone that you're walking past by without acknowledging them mm-hmm. and greeting them, because they can tell you what's happening where they where they've come from. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you always, and it's that thing of like, just be respectful, yeah. acknowledge people, yeah. say, I see you, look at them, mm-hmm. you know, and just acknowledge them, no matter how they look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, those people have not been to Nairobi. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't. And also me, I try not to make eye contact like yes, with, um, let's say, hawkers. Yeah. yeah. Because once you can just, maybe you just like something they're selling. Yeah. You just want to, you know, just the minute you give them that, they're at your window. You yeah. must, you know, it's okay, it's okay. You don't have to buy kwangali any bure. So I'm just like, but no, as soon as I touch that thing, sasa, na ingine. Anyway. I but, told Jules to tint her front windows. Like, I know. I just, you can window shop without even the person who's I did, I did, I I did, I couldn't afford the really, really, really nice tint that doesn't um, uh, interfere with the 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 obstruction, visibility at night yeah, because mm-hmm. they're really, really expensive one is like, I think it's for my car, it's something like 50k, mm. so I'm like, aye, 14 please aye. no, the one where Usiku, you ca- at night you you know the one I have now I'm okay. you hook me up? Yeah. Take you to a place where oh my god, this is my real you, you see how they do babes you see how they do babes they're just like, madam, ikitune 50k yeah, mechanics and they give women prices that we're going to have sense. a whole other episode anyway, Yeah, Jules, let's talk yeah. about your brokenness yeah. Oh, wow. So for me, this happened uh, in my 20s. I left a company that I was working for and um, there was a lot of things that led to that. But let me just say I left where I was working for. I had I was having a lot of career crises in my 20s because like I think I've mentioned in the past when I started working, I'm like, what? This is this is career. This is this is this is what I've been studying for. Mm. My good grades, trying to stay on the dean's list, and then I started working, and I'm like, hey, I was so disillusioned. And I've always had a passion for music and for singing and for art. And when that job opportunity went away, I had just watched... I, I still don't know if this was a blessing or a curse, but I had... Uh, this was the era when The Secret had just come out. Oh, the book. The, yeah. the, the DVD. Mm. The DVD and the book. So I watched the DVD, and... I bought into it hook, line, and sinker. But over time, I came to learn that the, the, whatever they were telling us in the secret was just like one part of the creative process when you're trying to do manifestation. So I was like, you know what? Instead of looking for another job, let me explore my creative side. And that's when I started to paint. I'd already started painting when I was still working, but then now my painting started being bought and I was able to sell paintings and then I joined a band and we did, even did a little bit of touring. <laughs> yeah. We sang in the coast. We sang in Nairobi, different places. We went to Rwanda. Or was it Burundi? It was really nice. Like, I actually shared a stage with Ishmailo. Initially, listened to his music. Anyway. Wait, when you were touring with Kidum? No, it wasn't Kidum. It wasn't Kidum. No, it's because it's Burundi, Rwanda. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They just had a festival there. Oh, okay. And... Um, Timothy Rimbue was our producer and he was also the pianist mm. and you know he has networks all over Africa so he's like we have to go for this festival mm. and Ismailo, Ismailo was the leading main act and so I remember when I was standing on stage I could see his name was there like this is where he's gonna stand like it, it was Ismailo Julius <laughs> I, was also, I was also a background vocal for a few people mm. Carola Temi I, I was her BGB wow. for some time anyways so during this time I was broke as a motherfucker Okay, and I the job I was at I was not earning that much. It was sixty uh, k, but for that age, my friends were earning like eighteen k, twenty k in agencies, twenty five k. I was making for me that was uh, good money, and yeah. So I went through this phase where I was like, oh my god, because I, I remember telling myself, listen, I'll do it for one year. I know I will not starve. I was living in my mother's house, and I even used to make a joke to myself. I'd be like, surely if 
there's no food to eat. She will just, I'll go and buy maize. I mean, I'll go and buy seeds and I'll plant. Like, we, I cannot starve. I cannot die. But then I forget. What I didn't realize is that the minute you leave your house, you're spending money. Mm, yeah. Okay? Even if it's just going to meet a friend, the minute you leave your house, you have to spend money. And I couldn't paint 24-7 and not leave the house. I also had a social life. And something I came to learn is that there's a lot of dignity that's tied to money. When you don't have money, you lose a bit of your dignity because you can't afford certain things. You can't, you know, your lifestyle changes. And that mm. for me, this was the first time I was like, wow. I, people would tell me, ah, me, I can't come to a city today, I'm broke. I'm like, just come and buy you a drink, like, whatever. I never, I never felt brokenness mm. until that time, and that was Kujitakia, you understand? And so when this was happening, I'm like, but the secret said, just make the first step, and they don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. I think that's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. And I was very, that's the space of mind I was in, but I don't think that that book did not give the full picture um and the reason i'm saying this is because i started to read a lot of material from abraham hicks you guys should look abraham hicks up and they also say the same thing they've been interviewed by oprah it's like there's more practicality that goes into trying to manifest the life you want or or trusting this thing and so after that i went to uni applied for uni and i went to uni abroad for my master's degree I i graduated well when it comes to books i'll do my thing like i don't stress about um performance now coming back I was like, I will not come to Kenya if I don't have a job because I'm not going through what I went through that time. Like, that's the first time in my life looking back that was, I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was tied to money, but it was also so tied to the fact that, okay, if these are the gifts that God has given me, so he wants me to be a starving artist. Like, you, mm-hmm. you, 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 put, you brought me here to live this kind of life mm-hmm. um, based, of, based, of, based off of the gifts you have given me and the ones I want to pursue. I could have, so, so I came back and even before I came back to Kenya, I had already lined up. I already had a job. Let me just say that. So I come into the country December by January. I think it was January 8th or something. That was my, I was, I was working and I didn't like that job at all. Well, month by month, week two, I was like, Oh God. Yeah. But I stuck, I stuck there for four years and I think I gained a lot, but you see that fear of going back to what was pre UK, that, Mm. that, that career where I was like, I'm just going to give it my all. And then I give it my all and nothing was happening. Mm. But I think there was some sort of character development for me happening that was not tangible. But I still wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. So money and being broke can really humble the fuck out of you. Completely. I I was not even prideful at the time. But even when I had some money, but... By humble you is when you realize money, like if you don't have money, you can't, you can even, it's easy to say, like, I felt like, oh, so if I don't have money, it means I don't have friends because I can't meet them. I can't do lunch. Or if I'm doing lunch, I have to do it in a, you know, I have to be so tactical with my money. And yeah, so mm, I would not want to, to go back there. And I wish there was ways that um, uh, there are some basic things that people should have not have to fight for in this world. Yeah. Like, look, like healthcare and education. For me, I'm like, let's fight. Let's try and make money. Let's be stressed about money after the fact of those basics mm. kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. the thing for me, the biggest lesson for me was dignity. My dignity. dignity was tied to money. My sense of worth. My, you know, oh my gosh, this is who I am in the world now. Now in this circle of friends, I'm yeah. the, the one who can't buy shots for you kind of thing. Like we split the bill to the shilling before it used to be like, let's just split everything halfway. Mm. <laughs> now I'm like, no, me, I had one, one cocktail. Right. Yeah. Hey, it was, it was, it was tough. For me, it was a bit yeah, different in the sense that <laughs> I've never actually thought about this shit till, till we, we came up with this topic, but mine was tied to lifestyle. So 
when uh, when I moved back from uni, I got a job. But very soon into that, I was in a relationship and I was living with my partner. And he was a very successful person. You know, we had a very good life. Very, 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 very good life. I wonder how that feels. Actually, sometimes I, I'm like, just, just being taken care of. Life. My life was nice. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, no, I, remember, I, I remember the, the, you remember the, the life. The, the yeah. garden and the, and the and, swimming pool. And oh, my I goodness. Didn't, I didn't understand how special that was. Because like, mm. it was my first time. Or my yeah. first experience living out of my parents' house. And, and I went into, you know, this like mega mansion. whatever. Like, I... Now in retrospect, I'm like, wow, what a life that was. And so, you know, the relationship was amazing, but then it didn't work out eventually. And so when we were breaking up like five years later, I still had a job. Like I've always had a, I've always had a job. So my, my, even the money I was making was for just for me to, yeah. to enjoy, you know, everything. <laughs> you didn't else. have to pay rent. Good I didn't vibes. pay rent. Good I didn't, I was just, just to do my hair yeah. and my nails and, and, and I was making good money for nails and hair. Like, it, hey, you I'm know, manifesting. please, even me, I'm manifesting. So, so what happened is when the relationship didn't work out, of course, now I needed to move out. So I didn't have an understanding of bills. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have an understanding of, of what things cost. Curtains, help, rent, mm-hmm. what comes on top of rent. Like, I was just so clueless. Or rather, in my mind, I really miscalculated mm. it. So when I moved out, and, you know, he was so lovely, he helped me move. Whatever. Like, I moved out, and I found a place, and now now the hard life began. <laughs> <laughs> I know I sound so spoiled, guys, but for me at the time, it's just so hard. Because <laughs> I was like... Oh shit! Like yeah. I, I ain't that. I, I ain't that shit. Wow, 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 wow! Oh. It slapped me in the face, and I was just like, "Oh my god! Like this is this is this is life. Like, this is real life. This is real life." Mm. Like um, there was a time my car was so, and it had a very big car bill because mm-hmm. someone had like hit me on which road. Like I needed to fix my car. Mm-hmm. I got that bill from the mechanic, and I just looked at this man. And you know when he, and he was a good guy like he accounted for everything it was yeah. just the the damage, the damage. <laughs> <laughs> it was injury at that point for you <laughs> that <car> was injured <laughs> because that bill was 150000 what because of course it needed to so paint it and anyway it was crazy. But you knew you were just like yeah just do it just I did do it. yeah because I wasn't used to okay. exactly, I wasn't used to like you know he would pay for stuff like that and so so me I was just like guy my salary is very little. Like I, can't <laughs> I know, I know. This sounds so spoiled. No, it but doesn't. Bear with me. That's your experience. I, your experience. Yeah, this is my experience. Like there was a time, guys. My my salary because I I also I think I picked a place that wasn't enough because I didn't know how much money to spend on rent mm. versus food versus my lifestyle. You thought if the rent is 50K, all you need is 50K. Exactly. You know, like 50 right. times two right. because of the, the And utility. then also my lifestyle because, you know, we would go to those, street, nice, things. those nice places, <laughs> Beta Salem, we'd go to here and there and there and I, would, I never would pay for those. Like, anyway, me, I didn't realize being misindependent cost a lot of money or that I was an expensive girlfriend or that, anyway, I just hadn't clocked any of this stuff. So, I was still on the same salary, which for me, I felt was more than enough given I wasn't paying for anything. So now that I had my own bills to pay, I realized I was finishing my money. Like there was more month than salary. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was a time I signed up to Tara. Got you. <laughs> Imagine. Because I didn't have any money. Any- 
Oh my god. For guys who don't know Tala is a money bonoing. Is a money lending, money lending app, app with app. ridiculous interest rates. Right. So I didn't even know any of this stuff. But I was just like, okay, I know there's an app called Tala. You can ask for money if you don't have money. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's micro loans. So, because yeah. I just remember thinking, I just need 5Gs to, to, to get to, to when I get paid again. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any, I couldn't ask anyone for money because I felt like, how can I be the one asking for money? <laughs> and you've come from a. I've come from mm-hmm. such, I'm over here, so you were in the Mara every other two days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do you remember and when we came to your house and you were like, this is our wall. We collect all the currencies of the Imagine. countries we've been to. We've been to. Me, I was like, I was like this is a piece of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. So that was my life, but you're asking for five thousand bucks. You'd have called so, me, baby. I, I know. I wish, and I knew you girl, at this time. See, ego, ego. I see. Yeah. Please, if you need five k, call me. Of course, now, now I've understood. Don't, but don't bloody. I mean, Tala, good yeah, you can come sponsor us, but don't go to Tala. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> but, but, but also, I didn't, I didn't actually. I didn't even get the money from 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 Tala because okay. eventually, I think I just realized what the hell am I doing? Like. I, I had a, for me, that was like my wake up moment. I don't know what your wake up moments were. In what did you feel? What were you so feeling? So they asked me so many questions that I felt were, were very invasive. I had to send my, my M-Pesa record. Like, I was just like, oh my God. Like, this no, what I mean is in this moment, at this mm. moment when you were like, whoa, I so actually I, need money. Yeah. I like, really, how did that change you? Oh my how God, did you feel? And, and I realized A, that I, I was living beyond my means. And that I had no understanding of, until this day, I don't think I fully do, but I, I just realized I don't have an understanding of how, how to budget my, my salary. My, and that, that was the thing, because I, I, I had money. It's just that I didn't realize how it, fast you can how come fast out. it goes. And the way I was living with my ex was not sustainable as my, as my own financier. So it, it, hadn't, it, had, it hadn't clocked yet yeah. <laughs> until I was over there on Tala and I was like, oh shit, I, I'm, I'm, I, I need a sponsor. I need a sp- yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it was. So, so the, my broke story, of course, it's very different from you guys's, but it was the first time I realized I can, I need to be better with money because I didn't have money to buy food yeah. and I was getting paid maybe two weeks later. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, I can't ask my sister for money because I know it will come with a lecture. I, I can't ask my, like, I was just so, so what did you do? So what did you do for two weeks? I think someone owed me money and I went to, in fact, I, that habit of, of asking people for the money they owe you, I didn't even have that sensitivity. I was just yeah. like, ah, pay me when you pay me. So I picked up the phone and someone had owed me money. I had worked with them on a certain consultancy and I was like, excuse me, you've got my 50k, like what the hell is going on? Yeah. And I, it forced me to be a bit mkali, because yes. I'm not mkali. Yes. Like me, I could have waited for that money till whenever they decided. And I was like, you know, I don't work like this. Da, da, da. Like I really pulled a, you know, I read them the riots act. Yeah. So that's how I, I got yeah. over that thing. But yeah. from that day, I realized I really need to check myself on that that situation. So yeah, that was uh, that was like the brokest moment I've I've been so far. Do you know what I think it is? It's that survival, her survival tactic, her survival instincts kicked in, and they're like, "You I was like, my fifty k, well, you know, bitch, yeah, have exactly. no money." Yeah. It's the same thing. Like when when you, when you when you you can you can have a hen in your in your in your coop, and it's it's never laid an uh, an egg. It's never it's never given birth, right? But then the moment you'll be walking in there every day, you say, "Hey, chicky, 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 watch it, zaz." Watch it gives birth, right? Watch it. I don't know. Like, like, you are right those the chicks, right? <laughs> That's not your friend anymore. Now all of a sudden, the survival tactics or yeah, instincts that have kicked in. Anywho, what about my, my Brooklyn story? I'm going to split it in three, and uh, I'm going to say three times 
I almost lost. Let me let me say I my dignity. That's not the word I wanted to use. Um, I feel my person was was touched because of the money issue. Mm. First time I can remember. I mean, there's numerous stories. I being broke is a <laughs> set thing. Normal. Um, but first time uh, I realized we we're broke. Uh, my parents. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, Golden Bug. Um, have you watched Gold Mafia? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to. Is it? Is it? So Al Jazeera, the three episodes out. Yeah, it's based on Patni. I know, but he's gone and done the same thing in Zimbabwe. Same thing. Who? Patni. Patni. Mm. Have you not seen the the? He, the same, 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 same. So is it? Is it out? Yeah. Yeah. Episode it's three is out. All right. Yo, so we need okay, to watch. I'm gonna watch it. So yeah. My story. So I come from a family of four. I just remember there's one time. I mean, there's numerous times, but there's this one time I'd moved out of home because my parents hit a financial issue and I have a brother who's autistic and my parents were spending all the money on, on him and he had been misdiagnosed. It was a long story. Anyway, I was about 21, 22, 23. I remember I just come back from Big Brother the first time and uh, we were living in this house in uh, Madaraka. So I'd moved my whole family. We were staying in Madaraka in a two-bedroom apartment. And I remember I was the one who was fending. My, my folks were doing their best, but I had pretty much the best opportunities and so I'd gone and done you know things and people t- are taking time to pay you and the house we were staying I didn't know at the time that this house was over 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 mutual friend uh, over over friend uh, or someone I thought was a friend and this was their family home so I had delayed paying rent by like two weeks and they all came to the house it was like 7 p.m and they they the mom him and the sister and I'll never forget that day. If you want to know why I wake up early, I can never, since that day, I can never sleep past. Actually, we're having a work day and I'm just at in bed. <sighs> never. Why? Because they came to my house and disrespected my whole family. The whole family because of rent of two weeks late. I know this guy. We, I didn't even know this was their house. But the, the sister was talking to, how can, how can you live in Nairobi if you can't be able to pay rent? Uh, and she's talking to my dad. She's talking to my mom. She's talking to me. The, like, there's nothing we can do at this point. We can't tell them, get out. You know, but we can tell them. Like, eventually, I was just like, enough. Get out. Right? And I worked my ass off. We managed to get out of that situation. The second time, uh, I'd gone, this was now again after Big Brother, and we'd moved out of this place. Now, things were like super bad. So we'd moved to Eastlands. And um, I remember for me, I didn't understand just how the gravitas of what Big Brother was. For me, I'd gone for, you know, I was working. I had a great job. I was at K24. I was in uni. And uh, I'm very spontaneous. Like if today I decide I want to quit everything, I'll do it. Like I'll, I'll do whatever I want. So... I remember I covered post-election violence and I've spoken about it. I I saw so many dead bodies. I was too young and I was like, I don't think this is what I signed up for. But also it was the bureaucracy in news. And for me, I was just like, I just want to tell stories. So I quit. And I remember my mom was like, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? And I was like, girl, I don't care. (laughs) I should have cared. (laughs) So so I went to Big Brother, came back. I was now jobless, jobless. I didn't win. (laughs) I'd enjoyed my seven, eight weeks of, you know, being in South Africa. That was great. But then I came back now back to reality. And um, I remember one time I was taking a job. I was in a matatu. And uh, we were standing in a tau uh, where you get the jobs for tenner, done home. And this... I was standing there and walking towards the stage and there was this like a bunch of ladies walking in front of me and they're like, oh, so you want to like a big brother? Imagine me trying to end South Africa, left on a Rudyata, I was in Panama, and I can't come at Tatukasizi. This was the story the whole way in traffic for like three hours. Wow. They just kept talking and talking. 
And I remember I got home and I was telling my mom, you know what, me, I'm never leaving this house again. And my mom is like, excuse me, how are these people feeding us? Mm. How are they? You, you're going you're, you're gonna to go back. You're going to get it done. And uh, I went back to work and I kept looking and found something that, that got me out of it. Third time. And remember, this is like three out of 3,000 stories, right? Now, this is in my, in my element of my hustle because... I, go, I started my business and my company, my NGO, and, you know, I, I started pushing myself. Like, I'm, I'm the kind of person, like, I'm not going to sleep hungry. Like, yeah. we're going to figure out, I'm going to consult here. I'm going to, I was telling Sharon, sometimes I consult for, for <laughs> hedge, hedge yeah. funds in, in New York, and we're talking about malaria. <laughs> and then she's like, what do you know about malaria? I'm like, you don't need to know everywhere how I earn money. Um, but I'm, I'm there, you know, doing my thing. And this was World Malaria Day. And uh, actually, my NGO is one of the stakeholders of World Malaria Day. And I remember this is the time I was like super, super active in it. And we'd gotten this budget to do the documentary, the communication on all World Malaria Day conversations around the, the country. Fast forward, uh, this was my first time doing a deal with these guys. I'd contracted everybody, but then I'd forgotten to tell them. I'd forgotten to confirm when the money was going to come out. Oh. These guys now hit me after the job is done. They say 120 days. Have you ever met hungry Kenyans? <laughs> Have you ever worked with hungry Kenyans? Do you know, I, I, that's the first time I, I, like, I, I couldn't sleep. Wow. I couldn't shut my eyes. I'd go to bed. If you know me, you know how shocking this is because... I have great sleep metabolism if there's something like that. <laughs> like I can sleep anywhere as long as there's darkness. So I'd go to bed and I'd work all night. Yeah. Like I'd be writing my next presentations. Like I'm pushing myself. Why? Because there's my phone. As soon as 6 a.m. reaches, my phone is there. What the fuck? I owed people 1.5 million. Right. And then remember, this was a hustle. Right. So I'm making this so that I can make you know, like yep. some extra cash. Thing, so I yeah. don't have capital, but I've sold a really great idea. Mm. So like people are on your neck. They don't allow you to breathe. Like yeah. you say, give me one month. One month? You're a convert. Yeah. They're just like, okay, look, look, look. Call me next week. Let me tell you Sunday nights, good Sunday. They're calling you. So those are the things that taught me that, look, nowadays I could owe you money as long as I didn't steal from you. My guy, I will sleep. Mm. Like, Poverty or brokenness for me does not. I've I've learned to dissociate it from my person. Yeah. So just because I am broke doesn't mean. Oh, and I've also had a. I've dated someone who's told me your brokenness is affecting me. What you told me yeah. that? Yeah. You told me that. Yeah. So so That's, and this wow. is in this space where you're trying to like not spend money because I can't be seen out. I owe people money. So I'm not going out. And they're like, ah, your brokenness is affecting me. I'm like, okay. And you're just taking this in. So eventually what that did, it like strengthened me in a way that I, no academy could teach me. Mm. Let me ask, when you have money, does that make you look at people who don't have money differently? You know what? It makes yeah. me relate with them. For me, like when I see people on the streets or, you know, it, actually what it does is like when I, ha when I do have money, I feel sinful. And so I end up giving to people oh, who don't wow. have. Yeah, so... You said, like you said new job. sinful. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, like, when, like if I'm in traffic, and that's why, like, cash... Nowadays, I, I, I you know, it's like... Oh, I, I, don't have, I don't have anything to give in traffic. Because I know what that... Like, that mama in traffic who's sitting there, and you're looking at her, and she's like, what is she doing here with her kids? That could have been my mom. Mm -hmm. you, you understand? So, for me, it's like giving is, is not... It's not it's not alms. It's like, it's what is expected of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I feel a lot of empathy. And I feel like I relate, but that's that's sometimes just as far as it goes. Like I, I, I just feel like I get it. Like I, I get that feeling of being. It's it's a debilitating feeling. Like you, like and that's why I was like, gosh, you feel sinful when you have money. Me, I feel sinful when I'm when I don't have money. I feel mm. like the opposite. But I, I do empathize. Like when I see someone struggling, and even more so after I found myself, because I would think of guys who use Tala, and I'm like, hey, wow, okay. Then I found myself looking at Tala and I was like, oh, wow, this, this is where, this is how you get to that point, you know? So, yeah, I just feel empathy, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I think what that just reminds me of, obviously now because I've been up and down mm. and I don't think I have ever gotten to where, no, that is a lie. I have achieved my financial goals, but they keep the, the goalposts goal keep shifting. Yeah, yeah, so now it's like, now I want to earn this much. And then I guess I'm like, but now I want to... So maybe I need to have some radical acceptance around that. But this has reminded me of a time where that question, I'm going to answer it this way. When I had that, my 50, 60K after taxes to come down to like 52, 500, some, 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 some. So I had like 50 Gs a month. And when somebody's like, ah, I'm so broke this weekend, I couldn't really, like I understood because I was not able to do the, I'm going to the honey, I'm going to da, da, da. But I could afford yep. little, little things. Mm. Living in a, when you're not paying rent, mm. life is very easy, mm-hmm. guys. Mm. Rent you can really, it is, it, yeah. But what happens, you get broke, then your money comes back again. Your empathy for somebody who is in a tight spot, for me anyway, it's really, really expanded. Yeah. yeah. But the human mind is, my human mind is quite, because when you're bawling, no sooner had you had empathy, than now you're like, Yay, I'm the shit. You know what I mean? I think <laughs> money, <laughs> money, money corrupts you. Money corrupts yeah. you. So sometimes when I have, when I, like, because me, my money comes like, brrr, and then, you know. So when I get a lot of cash, I pay my, my recurring expenses off for like months at a time. Good, yeah. And then that, that bulk, like if I know I just have a three sock on my phone, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't keep it. Mm. I have to, I have to put, keep myself in that car. I'm not so, so comfortable. Yeah. Mm. So then I, I, I'll put it in a di- different accounts. Then I get to, there's like a sweet spot I have where I'm like, okay, this one is, I won't splurge, but I'll also, you know, I'll treat myself. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Like you can, when you get money, you can easily forget who you are when you are broke. And, and mm. I think for me, that's the reason I'm asking that question is that it's such an important thing. Jules, you mentioned the element of self-worth and dignity. Um, and, and even friendships um, being determined by money, mm. right? But, and and you asked earlier, Combox, like, what's my relationship with being broken? I was like, I love it. Or, I can't th- or maybe I'll share a nuance. But the reason I say that is that I think th- there's an element of empathy and understanding, hopefully, that we learn from those situations, mm. right? And that post that, having gone through that, you not that you live in a state of of brokenness mentally because that's also not healthy but that you actually disassociate your self-worth with how much you have Mm -hmm. and i think that you know on the flip side of people who have money tons of money is where the ego trip kicks in Mm -hmm. right because that's the exact opposite of it right whereby you think that because you have money you're worth more mm-hmm. than others. Mm-hmm. And others are beneath. Beneath you, yeah. Right? And, and for me, it's, it's really something that I work hard 
to ensure that it's top of mind, not yeah. even in the back of my mind, but top of mind that, you know, that watchman who's opening the gate for me at wherever, and I use the watchman because it's it's so mm. poignant. They're, I think they're the worst treated people literally in Let's Society. use Nairobi, mm-hmm. but and also because you, maybe you, yeah. you've been there, you have yeah, I've been there, right? Is that actually that person could be me, and it has been me, mm. right? And so, how do you really relate to everyone in their circumstance and see them for more than what they are in that period mm. or slice of time? Because things change, right? And so it's for me, it's just one of those things. And as I'm listening to you, Combox, like, you know, God bless you. And it's amazing that you achieve what you have and you've gone through those things. And mm. hopefully they have taught you like and given you that elasticity, mm. right? And, you know, maybe uh, another episode is like, how do you raise children to actually be elastic, mm. right? Because I think that that's the biggest challenge we have in society today, that, you know, especially children who grow up in a middle class, upper middle class, whatever environment, they don't know struggle. Mm. And someone I know said the best thing to me, and I was thinking about this and I've reflected on it. They, they said to me that their biggest regret is that they removed all suffering yeah. from their children's life. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so, and I was thinking about it. Like that's that's deep. That's very. But can I tell deep. you something interesting? Mm. I used to be of that notion that you know you have to go because I grew up in a middle class family and then we fell off. Um, and I'd look at my friends and I'm like, it's because they haven't experienced some of these mm-hmm. things, right? And then, but I know people who they really experienced these things and it, it does not spark what you would think, you know, in terms of hustle, mm. in terms of I have to go get it. You accept your feet. Yep. You accept, oh. you know, and, yeah. and that's the, the, the other side of it. Balance is, you know, and, and I guess that's the, the challenge for parents to figure out how to, you know, make, re, you know, experiences, um, give give a balanced experience. So, you Absolutely. know, there's this, but then there's, this could mm. happen, right? Um, but Not I, from a tourism perspective. Yeah, and I also don't think suffering, yeah. making your kid, you know, denying them, maybe work for the money, understand the value of, of money. money. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and, and what, so to, once you understand the value of money, which by the way. When did you understand the value of money? Listen, I'm here to confess. <laughs> so, <laughs> Where so, are you? <laughs> for me, one of the side effects, and I noticed this uh, just, Two years ago, mm. because you spend a lot of time trying to get out of poverty, right? Because that's what I'd call it. Like, I think we reached a place where there was nothing, you know, like, you know, when you hear my dad is going to, you know, he's calling us to have a meeting about to read their land. <laughs> <laughs> It's just recently my dad was telling me about a piece of land. I'm like, Dad, I don't care, <laughs> you know, because give that to my sister. And he's like, no, 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 you, are, you have to get your, your portion. But you spend so much time trying to run away from the bite of poverty yeah. that you forget just because you arrive a place where you're comfortable doesn't mean that you're financially stable. Exactly. Yeah. So I've pretty much done. And for anybody who's listening, who's in that spot, look, let them laugh at you. Me, I've built my folks a home. Like my, my parents mm. live in their own home, well which was done. the one thing that my mom wanted since I was a kid. Mm. You know, I'd hear her saying, oh, I can't wait to have my own home. I, you know, so it became like a, wait, sis, I got you. Yeah, you know, that's So job. I remember when she moved into our home. And, and, you know, that, that milestone, that, the, even the, the shine of it's new gone. house, ah, it's gone. Now she, <laughs> she has other things she wants. <laughs> um, but 
reaching that place of, um, I remember two years ago, um, a friend of mine, we went shopping. I hate shopping. I hate, like, I don't know whether it's the many options or I, I feel like my mind is spinning and the lights are too much and I just want out. So we went to a mall and, you know, she was doing, she was picking, picking stuff there and me, I was just like, and she was like, you know, I noticed that you don't like spending on yourself. Ah. Yeah. So that's the inverse of, I still had the poverty mindset. mindset. Mm. Like if I spend. It's wasteful. It's, yeah. yeah. But, but funny enough, um, there are things I wouldn't spend on, but there are things I don't negotiate. Mm. Like food was an issue for such a long time. So for me, you know, like when someone would be like, someone is expensive. I'm like, bitch, I'm eating someone and that's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a time like we f- even one fish is like <laughs> one tilapia. So I'm, I'm going to eat the best, bring the best, put it here. But um, even just buying clothes. Yeah. I'm like, uh, what? 5,000. They're like, no, no, that's usually the price. I'm like, fuck that. I can get cheaper toy, but I can't. And the toy is also expensive. And it's just that, like, my mindset is... Tell people what toy is. I'm sure... <laughs> well, to like, our it's an international I market. To it's international like, in Dubai, they have Dubai International Mall. In Kenya, we have Toy, toy International, international Mall. <laughs> Open air market. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thrift flea market. It's a thrift, yeah. Yeah, it's thrift a flea market. market. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's where everybody goes to, you know. I mean, people come from abroad to shop at toys. So I'd be like, I can get it for second hand, third hand mm. at toy. But the reality is it's not true. Like, it's just my mindset is like, even if you say it's 50, what, 50, Bob? Like, wait. So she's the <laughs> one who pointed it out to me. She's like, sis, breathe. You're not there anymore. And so I remember shopping the first time I bought stuff for myself. I was like, girl, <laughs> I don't like shopping, but here's the money. You go and bring me the stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So poverty mindset. Abundance mindset. I think that's one of the things I wish I could. That's one of the tools other than emotional regulation, (laughs) radical acceptance and abundance mindset. Right. I, I, oh, oh, that is like, Mm. those are the things for me that when you have the mindset, even you don't have the money, Mm. I'd rather have the mindset and not have the money because when I have the mindset, the money will come for sure. Yeah. The uh, thing with money and life, it's quite cyclic. Exactly, mm. exactly. I heard a really interesting um, interview, and it, it was this guy who was being interviewed. Uh, obviously, they at a different uh, league, and he was asked. He's one of the guys of uh, Shark Tank. I'm forgetting his name. He was asked, "If you were down to your last million, what would you do?" Right. Obviously, they operate in a different league, mm-hmm. and he said the first thing he would do is buy an investment property and get some regular income out of that. Yes. Right. Because he knows that he's had money before and he will make money again. Mm. And the only thing that he's actually buying that investment asset is just to carry him to the next Mm. stage. Right. Wow. But it's that point of abundance mindset and just self-confidence that, you know what? Life is that cyclical. Mm. Right. And you just have to weather the storm till the next like passing cloud. Right. Mm. And, And, and but but I think that that's one of the key things that we consistently forget yeah. that when you're stuck in it, like when I said, you know, being broke is is it teaches you a lot. When you're in it, I remember, you know, the example that I gave. There was a time I woke up, and this was before I got the scholarship and the grant and all of that. Literally, I woke up in the morning. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. It looked dark outside. My curtains were open, right? Like that's how deep like mm-hmm. that thing and I was I was thinking to myself like my GPA is like a 3.8 and 
like I've been killing it at school. Mm. I'm going to drop off just because I have no money, right? And so I think it's really important to consistently remember that cyclical nature of life Mm. and not get bogged. For me, if anyone um, like is to take one thing away is that don't get bogged in the moment. Like yeah, you always say this, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And the bad. Good and, and bad. bad. Yeah. Like don't don't be arrogant because things are sweet. Mm, yeah. right? It'll pass. Because that also passes. Yeah. How do you when you said um, I need you to explain this to me more because maybe this is what acceptance is. When somebody asks you what do you feel about being broke, you said, I love it. Are you just trying to brainwash yourself? To say you love it, no, or it's, it's is it not. F- what do you mean? It's not in the literal sense of I love it, right? It's the lessons that I've gotten out of that mm-hmm. that point in my life that today and and people who know me closely and intimately know my mindset, right? Is that I live for today, knowing that today I have money. Yeah, I could lose it tomorrow. So come back, like. Your point of, I'm going to have the best salmon. I will do what I feel like doing. <laughs> it's so true. Right? Because <laughs> guess what? Tomorrow, if I have no money, and you will lose money for no reason mm. or for no fault of your own. Mm. Yeah, That's how life is. That's eh? the thing. You will lose money and you'll be broke for no fault of, of your, your own. own. Yep. Yeah. There are some where you're just stupid and, you know, you're shit and ink. But like... <laughs> More <laughs> like, likely than not, golden yeah. bug can happen. Yes. You can work with con men. The whole thing you can work with con men. Yeah. Think about um, Ghana right now, right? People have gotten broke because the sovereign actually went broke. There's nothing any Ghanaian could have done yeah. of that, right? COVID. Kenya, yeah, COVID, right? Kenya has like an 80% or 70% debt to GDP ratio. Like it just takes a couple of different things to happen in the market. And we are yeah. fucked. And the co- economy collapses, yeah. right? People who have meaningful jobs today, tomorrow don't have them, yeah. right? So when I say like, I love being broke, I have loved being broke probably is the right statement, Right is that I have learned so much from those moments mm. that have given me such character mm. and resilience mm-hmm. that when I have money, I live for today, I plan for tomorrow, but I'm also very intentional that I won't have that poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. I want to buy and do the, I'll buy and do the, yeah. right? And I'll yeah. ride it until when I'm bored of having it and I'll get rid of it, yeah. right? So I live my life for now, knowing that what I have today, including my own health, is not guaranteed. Yeah. So that's what I meant by that. Okay. And I like yeah. that the, you mentioned the agility aspect of it mm. because um, the reality is part, sometimes you find that a lot of people who are struggling with brokenness could be able to extend, um, and I want to use Sharon as an example, mm. if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharon was in a scenario where life was good, good, right? Mm. But it's not that she didn't have yeah. Mm. She had. She mm. had an income. But she wasn't ready to be agile mm. to adjust her life exactly. real quick yeah. right, to the scenario. Mm. And uh, I've, I've, exp- like, I've been talking to a few friends um, um, that I mentor and uh, who've encountered really difficult challenges um, work-wise, you know, um, redundancies and, yep. and whatnot. But then, you know, somebody's coming to talk to you about how their life is difficult, but they're not adjusting their lifestyle. Exactly. Right. So mm. something that you could be able to milk to suit to to fit you for a year and a half or even a year, mm. you know, to give you a, a chance to 
you know, catch up, yep. you will decide to stick to your lifestyle because of the things that Jules mentioned, mm. the things that yeah. you Go, mentioned. You know, pressure. Yeah, exactly. External, external, external pressure. Exactly. And for me, the one thing, it's interesting you say that because I, I, would I ever change my past? Fuck no, no man. Yeah. Why? Because those things taught me that I could be dining with kings mm-hmm. and I could be easily sitting in, in Kibra mentoring kids there and eating okay there is where I draw the line <laughs> like I, I need so to well. do it's okay it's okay I need to do it you know what I'll just I will chat um, but like I'll, I'll be able to fit in any of those spaces yeah. I will say that if for example today God forbid I lose my my, my, in, my source of income or whatever happens and I had to adjust right my get the first thing my landlord my get cancelled that, that list Listen. me I'm out yeah. I've pangered where my things are going I already know and I retreat to where I know I'm not spending any money mm-hmm. until further notice as I regroup but if I sit there just you know now trying to fix it and I've been in that situation where mm-hmm. you're like no 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 uh, uh, let me just gamble here pa, 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 it's Guzana mm-hmm. eh now you have 10 times debt. Right, exactly. yeah. It's like nobody needs to, nobody needed this. I just needed to be agile, accept right. where I'm at right now and then mellow and then move. Pick up, pick up. Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine true. that ex of mine who was telling me to do what, what, what. Now they probably look at me and they're just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Should have been patient. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real though. But those things hurt. Yeah. You do not accept. Somebody your poverty is affecting you. Right? So intense. Affect. But people always kick you when you're down. Remember yeah. that. Like when you're down, so there's somebody who will kick you, and you'll be like, oh, and that's, the, that's that the thing person. that will, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I, I think that for me, that's where, and, and you know, our listeners to 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 this is just being really aware of the fact that when you see people suffering, don't judge them for that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't judge them for that moment in time because you don't know. In fact, I always joke of like, you know, I was talking to someone about, um, you know, how schools, this this, this is a passionate uh, topic for me. You, you send your kids to a school and pay God knows how much and then they come out and then they will work for someone who went to a public school mm-hmm. where it was 20 bob per term, you know, <laughs> like the difference. And, you know, that's the thing about life. Eh? Life mm-hmm. and life's ti- time is an equalizer, mm-hmm. right? So and, today... And that marathon versus yeah, sprint thing, exactly. it's repeated over and over, yeah. but it's so true. Yeah, it's so, so true. true. But, you know, it doesn't sink in. Yeah, because you hear it over and over and... Uh, because also you don't consume life knowing the whole marathon. Yes. Mm. You only see, see now. The yeah. small exactly. sprint. The so it's just like, I missed this sprint. I missed that sprint. You're like, you're winning the marathon, yeah, bitch. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, yeah. Guys, this has been a fantastic <laughs> conversation. Yeah, so reflective. And maybe you could also share with us your broke moments. Mm. What you have learned from it. Are you loving it like Charles? <laughs> are you are you are you saying never again like Sharon? <laughs> yeah. Are you evolving like Jules? Or are you like Kwambox who's just like look when you see somebody out there who's struggling, I'ma hold you up. I'ma say I've been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up uh, in the common the DM. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, this is not the breakfast show again. Uh, like, the hashtag is no. no. Yeah, hit us up, send us a voice note on our Instagram at It's Related, I promise. And you can catch up with our other episodes on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh my God, guys. I tell you, it's been dope. It's related. I, I promise. promise. <laughs> <laughs>